we must care. Mm. Mm. We really must care. And we must not let people feel that caring is a weakness. Well, that's the woman that I call my second mother. She said to me that she birthed me from the womb of her heart. She is an incredibly accomplished woman, co-founder, Transparency International, uh, Minister of uh, Education and Solid Minerals, uh, Vice President of the World Bank for Africa, you know, amongst many others, has taught at Yale, has, uh, and is present, has been a presidential candidate, is presently the founder of the School of Governance, Politics and Public Policy and a tireless campaigner for those whose society would rather keep quiet. I am speaking, of course, you know Obiageli Catherine Ezekwesili. My name is Obie Ezekwesili and um, I run um, the Africa Economic Development Policy Initiative. Now she has, because of her, the role she has chosen to speak for those whose voices have been muted, reduced, silenced, oppressed, You've heard a lot from her about a lot of issues that have to do with others. Today, finally, we get Eze Kwasili to talk about herself. You know, the line from her father who validated her eternally, as she says. My father taught us that every tragedy that we've been through, we must never allow it to happen to others taking care of her sister in the Biafran war with the literal scars to show for it. Her younger sister was a victim of the war. Dropping the prestige of her position as it were to advocate for the Chibok girls and others that had been abandoned by their own country. How could the children of these poor people be lost and we're all going to pretend that it's normal? running for president of this republic of nigeria the diary of a presidential race to losing her mother in the most painful loss of her life i learned so much by virtue of the death of my mom there's one thread that runs through ezekwesili's life that runs through all these events today with today she shares all of that exclusively Welcome. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because this is the first time I've ever interviewed you. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a strange feeling. Strange feeling. As I was about to start, it just hit me like, okay, this is a strange thing. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I mean, we're having a conversation. As always, when somebody meets you, the first thing that comes from you, anybody who knows you, is just a deep empathy for Nigeria. And so we know we're just saying, I said, oh, I wanted to ask about the things we were talking about before. Yeah. But actually, just to be more true to the moment, you know, how does it feel like to be everybody's auntie? <laughs> if not their mother. <laughs> you know, you're the one, of, you're the one person that Auntie Obi rolls off the tongue for, for people who have never met you, don't know you, may never see you. <laughs> 
I, 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 you know, I, I've, I've sometimes thought about it, and mm. um, you don't realize how much like your mom you become. Mm. This was my mother. Ah. We, my mom was actually, because of the way she was uh, everybody's mom, including people older than her, <laughs> that really made us laugh a lot. You know, people older than my mom called her mommy. Yes. You know, uh, people older than her called her auntie. Mm. Uh, she was just a mom. She just had a heart for people. Right. Uh, and um, so when I've thought of it, I've just seen how I am a replica of her. Mm. You know, because mm. my mom, we used to call her home the embassy of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the global <laughs> embassy. Uh, wherever you were coming from, yes. you just came. Yes. If you found a little piece of uh, a place, you just put your head. You, and you were welcome yes. to be part of it. Yeah. So I think that um, in many ways, yeah. you grow into that and then you begin to repeat the pattern. Yes. So I've repeated the pattern of my mom. Of so mom. I, I, I don't, I, you know, it's natural for me yes. to, uh, to hold somebody and hug them. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. It comes easily yeah. from you. Yeah. I, I know that it must sadden you. The fact that society insists, you know, they insist on performance. Mm -hmm. They insist that you must, you must be impersonal to preserve the perception of power. Mm -hmm. The um, perception of yeah. whatever it is, mm -hmm. you must be a certain mm -hmm. way. Even though you, you don't control to that, mm -hmm. does that make you sad? Yeah, because in, in a way, you see, what has happened is that society has been so brutal Mm. So that mm. brutality, uh, you know, shows up in relationships. Yes. So people assume that if you are kind, it cannot be kindness. There must be a reason why you are kind. And that for me is so, uh, is so reprehensible. I mean, like, it is so filthy to think of kindness as being motivated by mm -hmm. any other thing than kindness. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I naturally grew up in an environment of kindness. Yeah. My parents were not rich, but they cared. They really cared. I mean, my mom would go and carry somebody else's fight on their head. Mm -hmm. My father would take on somebody else's responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. So this idea of, you know, uh, doing things in a setting, I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not subscribed to it. Mm -hmm. So when society therefore expects that, oh, is this not a fun? I mean, like, look at when um, Chiba girls were taken. Yes. And... I, you know, some of the things I read were, doesn't this woman know that she had once been a minister? Yes. She had gone to the World Bank vice president. She's on the street campaigning. Campaigning for what? They were like, and I, I was shocked. Because for me, it was the instant thing that happened to my heart when the news of those girls truly taken was, you know, was broken, was, my goodness, my goodness, how could the children of these poor people be lost and we're all going to pretend that it's normal. And I burst, I literally just burst into tears because I'd seen how things had been degenerating in terms of the, the poor capacity of government to respond to the things that were going on in terms of insecurity in the land. So I was, I was really shaken by, by that news. So the next thing that I did was I began to tweet 
at every handle of government and you know media saying somebody says something that of the military i was asking for information nothing then a little bit of information began to come out where people were saying you know um that yes indeed the families of these girls were at the school they were trying to get answers so i knew we were really in serious trouble there are people who are chibo girls deniers yeah they are they deny them even up until no. today because for them they have framed it into this great conspiracy theory yes that's their own i build anything i do on facts mm. and the singular fact is that there are parents like me whose children were taken. taken the first day with my reaction and my determination to stay until i could get answers and then as i saw that indeed there were pictures of parents who were now saying if nobody would help them they were going into the sambisa forest with um, hunters to go and look for their daughters my goodness i was i was quite i i was livid because i felt why is it that all of this is going on but there's no report of this by our local media local media did not report it it was later we heard and many of them confirmed it that they had been told by government officials not to report the news of chibo girls thanks for listening to this podcast you've just listened to the free version of the witch today podcast to listen to the full version search for witch today on apple premium or subscribe to our patreon via all.witchuday.com also we want to hear from you kindly rate this podcast wherever you're streaming from and share on social media it validates the work that we do and helps us reach even more people Thank you. Let's be human together.